0: Good, where's the Smart Marks at? They're there, talk to them. Good, can I? Yeah, I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? Um, um, Absolutely, ask your friends over here. Alright, fuck you. (laughs) The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. That's the difference between you and I. For me, this is about passion, and for you, this is about fame. And nobody will ever remember you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman.
1: Yeah, that works in Hollywood. That works in the movies. But this isn't the movies. This is real life. And in real life, I am the real hero.
0: You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers. Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am your champion once again, the New Jersey Kid Joe Sheehan, alongside my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. We have a lot to catch up on this week because we had Thanksgiving holidays and times with our families, which meant time away from wrestling, which can
0: be a good thing. <laughs> but uh, how are you doing this week, Newman? Yeah, you know, it's, it's nice to get a little bit of a break sometimes. Yes. And, uh, you know, I was actually explaining this to uh, my wife the other day. One of the things that's so genius amongst so many things that are genius about New Japan pro wrestling is the fact that they had the thing they have right before the biggest show of the year, Wrestle Kingdom, is that they have World Tag League. Yeah. Which is a time for everybody to kind of rest. Because a lot of the really big talents, like that are in singles matches, don't have very many matches during that time period. And then even when they do, and the other people that are featured during that time, it's all tag matches. So it's not nearly as intense on anybody's workload.
1: Or as, like, hyped. So they also don't have Mm -hmm. to live up to any kind of expectation.
0: True, too. A lot of these tag lead matches are just very quick. You know, they're not uh, supposed to knock the things out of the park. But there are some that are really damn good and are very good matches. So I would highly recommend checking out some of them.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just saying, like... I feel like, isn't there a little more pressure on someone when it's like a singles match of like Okada versus whoever in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom compared to, oh, you're just the main event of this tag league show.
0: Absolutely, definitely. You're 100% correct. And this is going to be a really big set of two nights too. Uh, They're talking about how uh, record sales are beating even last year for Wrestle Kingdom, and that was record setting as well at the time.
1: Yeah, and they're doing two nights for the first time this year, so...
0: yeah, So, things are looking good. And uh, things are also looking good back across the pond, too, um, as far as ratings. NXT, it looks like, took over AEW for a little bit, but then AEW has come back. and I think they just barely edged out NXT this last week, right? Correct. And the biggest thing um,
1: that people will need to take away from these ratings is... Mm -hmm. So, NXT did lose or did win over AEW, I believe it was the Thanksgiving Eve episode, in overall viewers, but Mm -hmm. AEW has never lost in the 18 to, what is it, 34 demo or whatever that range is. Mm -hmm. Whereas NXT has always won in like the over 50.
0: Yeah. So... Actually, uh, if if this can be... uh, I haven't checked the numbers myself, but I'm sure this could be believed from Meltzer and Alvarez. They were talking about how Part of that gap is starting to narrow a little bit in that, like, some of the audience is shifting over to AEW a little bit, and some of the younger audience is shifting over to NXT a little bit. Yes.
1: Yeah. Like, when it started, when AEW first debuted, like, the gap between AEW and NXT for the uh, 18 year olds was way bigger. Mm -hmm. And now it's definitely started to close in.
0: And, you know, I feel like some of it is really not just uh, due to the fact that, like, oh, well, there's two brands, there's going to be some crossover. But, like, some of it is really due to, like, some actually, I think, intelligent booking on NXT's part as far as, like, trying to appeal to younger audiences. Like, I think putting Finn Balor back on NXT was a really good move. I -hmm. think bringing Rhea Ripley over and pushing her as strong as they have, that was a really good move. Yep. Like, I think that's really starting to help appeal to the younger demographics. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like Keith Lee too. I mean, oh, I mean, he's, like just, he's been. just being handled very well. Period.
1: Yes, very well handled in Survivor Series, mm-hmm. and very well handled it now in NXT. I mean, Survivor Series was like, don't get me wrong, I was hoping that he would beat Roman Reigns as well, but the fact that mm-hmm. they let him take out Seth Rollins, like that's a huge deal.
0: Yeah, and the fact that then he went as toe to toe with Roman Reigns for as long as he did, like that's also a a feather in the cap
1: yeah it wasn't like he took out Rollins and then superman punch and done like because then i think the audience right. would have like flipped
0: yeah I, it, it would have been too much too fast but like you know this is a really great debut for like a lot of people that was probably their first exposure to keith lee right mm-hmm. like for people who are mostly just main audience or main roster watchers of wwe
1: and uh, another person you said, too, Rhea Ripley, also looked great on Survivor Series.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had an insane week. Like, they are really building her. And, like, I can understand why. Like, she looks like a star. What are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Rhea Ripley? Uh,
1: I think she's a great um, replacement for Shayna Baszler. I think she's the one that you can believe that uh, would beat Shayna and so i think that's that's their best out for taking the title off of Shayna if you want to move her up to the main roster. Mhm.
0: Yeah, definitely if they have some plans to, you know, move Shayna to another brand and fill that slot. I feel like yeah, you're right. Rhea Ripley could definitely hold down that fort while they continue to build the rest of the women's division during that time. Mm-hmm. You know, not not quite as uh dominant, but maybe it would be almost as dominant as like remember when um Asuka ended up basically taking over the women's division while yeah. everything else just like kind of built around her. Maybe Rhea Ripley will kind of do that, kind of just be this dominant champion while everybody else builds around her for a while. Because with how dominant she's been, like I think she's going to have, because Shayna Baszler's had a very good long run. Oh yeah. And I feel like Rhea Ripley will probably have a good long run too if she gets the title. Hmm. Which I think she will. The way they've been being, building her, I think she will. I think that's good booking.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think the biggest thing is that um, she's believable to beat uh, Shayna. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like a um, who am
0: I thinking of? Uh, like somebody just one like Lerae definitely knows. Candice Lerae is exactly what it is. No, yeah, like uh, Tegan Knox. No, like Io Shirai maybe. Yeah, especially now with the heel turn. Um, I would even have said Bianca Belair, yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I think Bianca is going to be a great uh, counter to Rhea Ripley. I think if Rhea takes it, mm-hmm. her and Bianca could definitely have a good series going back and forth.
0: I would like to see that match. Those That's two really strong women. They could really do some like shit to each other. Mm-hmm. It'd be like a, almost like a female equivalent of like, remember when they had all these matches of uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Djokovic? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, they're both really big, both strong, but both very athletic as well. You know? I feel like that could be a hell of a match. You know what? I think you just looked into the future. Like, that's going to be takeover in a couple of months at some point. It's going to be Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Mm hmm. Um, But speaking of looking into the future, have you been watching any of uh, NWA? Do you have any ability, do you think, to confidently predict on their pay-per-view coming up into the fire? Absolutely. Yeah? You've been continuing to watch uh, post-cornet firing? Yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean, they did do a
1: nice little uh, send-off to them. Yeah. In the latest episode. Yeah, I mean that moment with the Rock and Roll Express, that was really cool. Yeah, and I mean even they had—I um, always forget his name—the other announcer uh, do that little segment where he's like, "We just want to thank Jim for everything he's done for the NWA," and like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, so. I can never remember his name either. But that yeah. guy, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the That's... other white meat babyface
0: announcer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the other the other little white meat babyface guy. But yeah, it's been interesting. I like, um... I like the intrigue of what Eli Drake is doing. I think he's still the most interesting character in the show, as far as, like, determining what he's gonna do, when he's gonna do it. Like, he does remind me very much of, like, MJF, in that he's, like, the snake in the grass waiting to strike.
1: And as good of a promo, too, as, uh, MJF.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Although, if if you were to if uh, if you had to pick between the two, as far as evaluating who you think is a better talent, who do you think, Eli Drake or MJF?
1: I would give MJF the bigger upside, and I only just say that because of the age. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Drake is a little bit older, so a little more set in his ways. Where I think, like MJF a good promoter like AEW could like mold him into what they want him to be
0: mm, mm-hmm. that's a good point I definitely agree and I'm going to also agree with your choice for another reason to add on to that which is that mm-hmm. I think MJF is one of those levels of heel that is very rare you see these days And you know? like he actually really like lives the gimmick and mm-hmm. like all the little things he does and like really tries to get like the intensity there as far as like when he like when he's interacting with fans and stuff like he keeps the character going yeah you know like he he'll he's not afraid to insult fans as a heel wrestler and things
1: well like he, that. he's even done stuff on like um uh steve austin's podcast mm-hmm. he uh um was it captain character
0: that's the words i'm looking for captain character
1: Yeah, like, he did the podcast where he talked about himself and, like, put himself over the whole time. And then at the end, they did a segment where, like, him and Austin, like, got into a fight because MJF insulted him. (laughs) So, it it was great. This was, like, this was a while back, too. This is when MJF was just in uh, MLW.
0: So you're saying MJF is so committed to his character that he worked Steve Austin into a shoot? Yeah. Damn. Like. That is skill. And, yeah, I mean, MJF has been really impressive. And I like, too, how much he's been um, almost kind of, like, intentionally absent on AEW as, since the turn. Like, he's being mm-hmm. very elusive.
1: Keeping you guessing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, he, I feel like he's one of those kind of guys, right, that would think, like, well, I don't owe it to the audience to explain what happened, so I'm not going to. What's funny is it's worked like,
1: um, practically it's that he hasn't been on like this past week was because he was with MLW because they were doing a show on that following Thursday. And so they need people there on Wednesdays to do pre-tapes. But AEW wise, storyline wise, it also worked for why he wasn't there. So
0: mm. mm-hmm. yeah, works out very well and then in the meantime then we get to have like the advancement of that story from cody's perspective yeah which i like i really liked this angle and i really am curious to see what you think of it as far as like cody distinguishing that he always knew that mjf was a bad guy but that he was like well he's my bad guy and he thought like he could kind of groom him and mold him and use him in that way but uh i don't know what did you think of that I think it was
1: good, because I think it lends to um, MJF's side of the situation, where you're saying that, like, Cody isn't the good guy you think he is, and, like, him saying that, like, oh, I'll be able to mold him, like, Mm -hmm. kind of like that I have power over him kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So that feeds into that, but also just, if you look at it from a babyface perspective, it's, like, Cody being the good guy. And so he's like, yeah, he he was going to try to make him better kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it works in both ways. And that's what I liked about it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it makes, it does make MJF look like even more of a shithead. Yeah. Right. That like, I feel like Cody even knew who he was and how he was, and that it's almost one of those things where like, if MJF had just been like honest with him, then it wouldn't have even been an issue, mm-hmm. but he just decided to be this kind of douche. <laughs> so it's just all yeah. on him. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because, like, I feel like, I'm trying to remember if he had said anything like this or not, um, but, like, did he ever try to justify and say that, like, oh, well, I turned on Cody before he could turn on me? Like, did he ever say anything like that? I feel like he said something similar to that. Because, yeah, I can't remember if he said anything exactly like that, or, I feel like he said at least something similar, but, you know, if at least that's part of his thinking, then I feel like what Cody said here would really help clarify and show that, like, well, no, that's not what was going to happen. I don't care that you're an asshole. You were my asshole. <laughs> but, of course, now things have changed. And now Cody's willing to offer him anything to try and fight him. He's <laughs> you know, basically just saying, like, what? Like, name your price? Yeah. I like how he's, like, Cody is doing so many different homages to, like, some of the old school wrestlers. So, like, you know, name your price is kind of very, uh, Ted DiBiase. hmm Like, everybody's got a price.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and how appropriate too, right? Because they've got Soul Train Jones. We've got, uh, we've got Virgil. Oh coming. my god. Wow, there we go. Full full circle.
1: <laughs> Love the fact that uh, when... Was it uh, SCU that attacked um, Inner Circle? Uh, when they were doing their thanks to uh, Jericho? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, they, the only person they really got to, like, uh, attack was Soul Train Jones.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> poor guy. But, uh, you know who's not a poor guy? The champion, Chris Jericho. Been making a lot of money with all those sales of the, uh, the little bit of the bubbly.
1: Yeah, and did you hear who's helping him out with it?
0: No. Who is
1: it? Uh, it's, uh, the guy from Arrow. Uh, Chris Amell.
0: Oh, Chris Amell, nice. Or
1: Stephen Mel. Yeah, he... Steve Amel, that's it. Uh, he owns a winery. Huh. And so he yeah. is using his winery to make... Now, so it's not exact... I don't... I don't know what the difference is, but it's, it's sparkling wine is what they're selling.
0: Huh, okay. So I don't know
1: if... If that's the same as champagne, or...
0: I mean, I think that's like the same category of alcohol yeah right basically so that's pretty cool a little bit of the bubbly yep i feel like i gotta get me some of that so then like we can all celebrate along with jericho every time he retains his title Mm -hmm. right like he cracking cracks open a bottle of the bubbly and so do all the (laughs) Jerichoholics.
1: i have a bottle of a bubbly not the bubbly
0: Mm. you got to get a little bit of the bubbly
1: yeah, I have a little bit of Eagles bubbly for the next time they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> well,
0: that thing will never get opened then. oh! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, maybe it'll happen again. Uh, but speaking of miracles, I, I'm really kind of loving that in in wrestling today we've actually gotten two pretty decent heel turns as far as, like, it was necessary for the character... Things are moving forward for story. We got MJF turning heel in AEW. And over at WWE, finally, Seth Rollins, after putting his foot in his mouth a million times, <laughs> they pulled the trigger and just are letting him be a heel again. They just need to let Miz like, be a heel again, too. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what are, what are you thinking of uh, the Seth Rollins' heel turn and aligning with the uh, Authors of Pain?
1: Like, it's about damn time. <laughs> like- yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: It has made no sense to try to
1: keep him from, uh, like keeping him as a baby face. So mm-hmm. now it just makes more sense.
0: Yeah, because it's like you know in this in, in this modern era of wrestling, there's so much to fan interaction on such a constant basis, especially when you're at that high level, right? Like when you're the face of the company level, and he keeps pissing people off so much that it's like they can't. Like people aren't cheering him anymore, really. Like people are not interested, so it was like they, they had to. So.
1: Um, and what I don't get is like all of that even um like was it oh, did you see oh, they announced finally John Morrison. Oh yeah. Uh re signed with WWE. And so he was like, Can't wait to be back with like the best wrestling or something like that and did you see Punk replied and was like Will Ospreay's in New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and Morrison replied back with a bunch of little laughing faces.
0: Oh my god, that's so good. And that's fucking true. Like, I mean... I'm but gonna... that's,
1: like, oh, it's... Uh, what I was trying to bring up is that it's, like, still this known thing that, like, he had this back and forth with Will Ospreay about, like, who's yep. the best and stuff like that, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, it's still in the mind of people. Well, because it was such a stupid... Like, the things that he said were so stupid and the way that he said them were so stupid. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I I will admit, too, that I'm pretty sure I remember he did end up uh, apologizing and basically admitting that he said stupid shit, right? Afterwards. Uh, uh, with yeah. The set, with the uh, Will Ospreay incident.
1: Yes, I believe he, um, uh, I believe he did come on and was like, mm-hmm. uh, I sometimes I tweet too much or something like that, like yeah. something to that effect.
0: So it's like, it's good to have like that hindsight of realizing that like, okay, I was the dickhead. That scenario, but yeah, it's interesting to see him just kind of fall in this way. But then, yeah, now we've got other faces coming back, and uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with Morrison too because they haven't announced which brand he's going to be on.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Where would you like to see him in WWE?
0: I mean, that's a hard question because obviously I would have liked to have seen him elsewhere, but. I understand that he's definitely kind of, like, winding down as far as... Because, like, I hadn't even fucking realized how old he is. He's 40 now. Yeah. Like, he's getting up there. So, it's like, you know, I mean, he's still in great shape, obviously. He can put on a hell of a match. But he's definitely getting into the uh, later part of his career. So, you know, it's not so much about trying to build himself up anymore, but trying to build up the other people that he's going to be wrestling. Which, honestly, is something that he's done, like, really fucking fantastically. Especially, like, not a lot of credit, I think, gets given to, like, how much Lucha Underground helped launch a lot of people's careers. Mm-hmm. And Morrison being there was a really big part of how that show succeeded. Not just, obviously, from, like, a viewership standpoint, but also from, like, a booking standpoint. Like, he helped a lot he, of people get over.
1: Yeah, he was their big signing.
0: Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah, um, but honestly i feel like i would really like to see him go to nxt i feel like that would be the most interesting but um other than that i guess i feel like they have to or they would be smart for them to address what's going on with the Miz, like have morrison interact with him in some way so i guess he should probably go to smackdown
1: i would even just enjoy like even if they go to separate brands just like at like the next pay-per-view where everyone's together or something like that just have them like Pass in the hallway in a segment.
0: Because, mm-hmm. right, like, here's here's the thing. This is what I want to happen. And this is this is part of the problem of why Miz is a a babyface, is that uh, Morrison is always been, of course, an amazing in ring guy, and he's been passable at best most of the time on promos. Mm-hmm. Miz, of course, is the exact opposite. He is usually very good on promos. And then is, like, passable at best in the ring. Part of why they worked so goddamn well as a tag team. Now, the other thing that's great is that, as far as gimmicks go, they also meshed well. And Morrison's been spending a lot of time in Hollywood in his absence. So it would actually help lend a lot of credibility to Mrs. gimmick for them to realign. But, yeah,
1: like, they both have movies now and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But they need to do it as heels, They need to come together as heels (laughs) because Morrison is going to be a lot better off in WWE. I think as a heel because he, a, I think would function best, right? Like with Miz as a mouthpiece and Miz is infinitely better as a heel. His character is more interesting and more entertaining as a heel in WWE being kind of like a cocky, self-absorbed, self-unaware kind of person rather than being like this, uh, you know, can't really talk very well for himself, high flippy baby face, which they have way too many of in WWE and they don't know how to use any of them. <laughs> so you don't want Morrison to just be another one of those mid-card guys that they don't know what to do with. So having him be either a stalwart in the tag division or as kind of like a heel, big time opponent for a lot of these younger guys to go up against and have great matches with, I think that's the best use of him.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: So in either case, I think he needs to be a heel, or I think it'd be a lot better. Actually, no. What if what if him coming back? What if he helps Miz become a heel again? What if he like reminds him of all the success Miz used to have, and kind of like inspires him to re uh, like re. Uh, reawaken his old persona instead of being whatever the hell he is now
1: <laughs> a fake baby
0: face a fake baby fa- a fake baby face that uh gets a championship match against a weakened version of the champion what the fuck is this what do you think of this stupid ass match with bray wyatt not the fiend
1: uh if it means we get rid of the red light i might be all for it <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, that's a good point. Like,
1: or would it be like, what's the opposite of red? Would it be like blue light instead?
0: Yeah, maybe it's a blue light.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think it doesn't do Bray Wyatt any good. Because mm-hmm. like, the question would be, okay, why have you been the fiend this whole time? And now you're pulling out the civilian version. And then the the, the other question would be, why isn't Miz facing the Fiend version? So, yeah.
0: Yeah. This is just really stupid. Brings
1: up far too many questions for what it's worth.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It brings up far too many questions for what it's worth. And, like, it just makes... Honestly, I feel like it makes the WWE title look like shit. Because uh, the guy that has the title is deciding to... (laughs) <laughs> fight basically one of the weakest baby faces on the roster and he's not even going to do it at full strength like he's like basically I'm going to fight you with one hand behind my back and like we're supposed to believe that this is the you know like supposed to be a legitimate you know legitimate quote unquote's for the scenario right mm-hmm. battle for the top title on this brand and it's like Miz is not no like who the fuck has he even beat lately or like no, ever, really? really to earn this kind of a match. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's just fucking stupid. But then again, like, you know, they already went through Dane O'Brien. Uh, and Roman Reigns has to get dog food dumped on him. In another god awful. Yeah. Party. Like that's I don't know.
1: That's, Why is everything just so bad?
0: <laughs> that's the hesitation of me even saying that, like, oh, it'd be great for Morrison to go to SmackDown because it's like, man, they're just doing really a lot of stupid shit on SmackDown yeah. too. He might get dog food dumped on him. Yeah, they might just dump dog food. on Oh god, it's very possible. Uh, ooh, but you know what? This is reminding me because yeah, uh, you know, back in the days when Morrison was first in WWE, that was a a little. That was around the time that uh, CM Punk was doing the Straight Edge Society, right?
1: Yes, I believe yeah. so.
0: Well, uh, over in AEW, they've decided to rip right off that pretty hard, and what I'm calling instead of the Nightmare Collective, I think they should be called the Curved Edge Society. <laughs> After they to had counteract. That, that audience woman pledging to them, then they're cutting off their hair. Maybe they're gonna start shaving people bald. Yeah, but they do it with that little curved knife.
1: Oh right. Yep,
0: yeah, because Kong has that weird uh like curved knife thing. Yeah. So, I think that's what they should rename themselves. Also, I feel like I would like some um, clarification on what the hell Brandy thinks her life has been. Because when she was talking about the Nightmare Collective and describing themselves, she was saying, like, oh, we're the people that, like, will do the jobs that nobody else wants to do. And I'm like, Brandy, do you know who the fuck you are? You're the... Aren't, you're the chief branding officer, right? Are you chief saying that officer, nobody yeah. else wanted that job? Like, what the fuck? It
1: know. seems like with Brandy, they were just like, "Oh, what do you want to do?" And she was like this crazy thing, and they're like, "All right, we'll try
0: to make it work." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like there needs to be a line as far as, and I feel like there probably has to have been a line for other ideas that they've had with like. Somebody comes up an idea, but then that idea needs to be edited and passed with other people to make sure that it doesn't suck. You know, that's yes. why you don't let wrestlers just decide everything that they're going to do because then it's just going to be chaotic and a mess and suck. But, you know, you, of course, also shouldn't go to the other extreme where wrestlers don't have any input and things like that, but like, and this, this screams to them. me of an idea, right? Like what you're saying, I think that Brandy had an idea and, and nobody had the balls to stand up to her and tell her that it sucked. Or that, like, it didn't make sense.
1: Yeah, or just like, all right, if you want to do something like that, why don't we work it, like, this way? Make some changes to it.
0: Right, like, I think that there's a lot of good base ideas to it. I think even calling it the Nightmare, like, even though I made a joke about how it should be called the Curved Edge Society, like, I think calling it the Nightmare Collective is a good idea for a name, because they're, like, collecting hair, and she's part of the Nightmare family. Okay, cool, fine. But, like, I don't think you understand what your gimmick is. Like, you two are, like, the terrors who are dominating and controlling what happens in the division, right? Like, you're not these weird bottom feeders. Like, you're describing yourself as being like, oh, well, we do the jobs that nobody else wants. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. It it, it screamed very self-unaware to me. Yes. But definitely salvageable. Like... That's the other thing that's nice about AEW, especially, is that everything is so early that, like, everything is salvageable. Yeah. Do you agree? Yep. Or do you think there ever are some lines that they've crossed that they cannot come back from and they've fucked up something?
1: No, I don't think they're that far yet.
0: I mean... They also
1: haven't done anything yet that, like... Can't be forgiven, so to speak. Like mm-hmm. they can still make their way back. Like they they still have forgiveness from the fans.
0: Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, there's a lot of like strong loyalty with the fan base. I mean, how can you blame them? They have a talking Luchasaurus on their show. Yeah,
1: he's got a master's degree.
0: Yeah, yeah. What did you think of a uh, Luchasaurus speaking for the first time and them setting up uh, the match with Jungle Boy? Didn't like him talking about uh his master's degree but everything else was very good. Yeah, I I actually really agree. I I thought that was funny in the moment, but like long term, right, like I don't I don't like that he acknowledged that within character.
1: Yeah, it kind of didn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it just makes him seem like really it actually makes him seem really weird and creepy. That, like, he actually is this real-world adult male who then just now, like, puts on weird dinosaur makeup and mask and then hangs out with, like, really young-looking boys. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he should be leaning more to the gimmick as far as the character. Like, obviously, you know, outside of that, like, I don't know, on Twitter or in, like, conversations with fans where it's a little more casual. Sure, whatever. Break character, talk about your history degree, I don't care. But in character, it seems like a little weird. But, I don't know, I guess it'll be interesting. Like, How, how much do you think AEW is really going to uh, pay attention to that fourth wall, then?
1: Not much, it seems like.
0: Yeah.
1: It yep. seems like they'll just let anything kind of go.
0: That is true. They have been fairly lax with a lot of things so far. So it would be interesting to see if they kind of continue to have that very free-spirited attitude or if they start to tighten things up. Because I could definitely see, you know, maybe over time if, like, they need to start improving ratings or, um, I don't know, like, maybe a certain angle doesn't suit the cons very well. Or maybe the other TNT folks, like, maybe they asked them to change some stuff.
1: Oh, I think TNT definitely gets a say, so.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm sure they get a whole lot of says.
1: So some interesting news I came across Mm. while scrolling while we were talking. Luke Harper has been granted his release. What? As well as Sin Cara.
0: Huh. Okay. Was this like just now?
1: Uh, Earlier today.
0: Wow! Holy shit.
1: Um, WWE tweeted it five hours ago.
0: Well, you know, we were we were already saying that there were too many, like, big, weird, spooky, creepy people, but, like, man, Luke Harper should totally go to AEW and be, like, a big, creepy, uh, creepy spooky guy.
1: So, uh, apparently, Marty Squirrel already Instagrammed out a picture of him and, uh, Luke Harper, and was, like, mm-hmm. Villain Enterprises, new member, question mark?
0: Oh, man, that would be good. Oh, and also, I'm like, I'm assuming that uh, with Marty Skrull, like his because his contract oh. is coming up soon. Do you think he's headed to uh, All Elite? I think so, mm-hmm. unless
1: Ring of Honor throws some heavy money at him, which apparently they have. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, no, sorry, not to him specifically, but apparently, like, when Matt Taven resigned and stuff like that, like, apparently, according to Dave Meltzer, Taven's making like a mid-card WWE guy salary, which is like mm-hmm. huge for Ring of Honor. Wow. So,
0: yeah. I mean I guess they're desperate at this point.
1: I mean you have to you have to have something, right? Because you have like MLW had um Tom Waller and who else? One of their other top guys. He I uh, was the member of the uh Samoan family. They both their contracts oh, were up um, recently.
0: Jacob Fatu?
1: Yes. And uh both of them stayed with MLW. Which I was hugely surprised at. Wow. Because they, they basically announced that Tom Lawler. they're like, yeah, he's pretty much done with the company, he's probably going to go to either WWE and ADW, so mm-hmm. you either have to have the money or, like, the promise of, like, hey, you'll be one of our featured guys. Like, you may not make as much there, but, like, for over the next year, you'll have more exposure than you would at any of these other places or something like that. right? Um... Sorry, to add on to the releases, though, Uh, I finally went to WWE's Twitter page and found out, so not only did they release Luke Harper and Zinkara, but they also released The Ascension.
0: Wow, finally. (laughs) Holy shit. I can't believe they held on to them for as long as they did.
1: I don't know what they do.
0: I don't know, man. I mean, it's not like they're the worst wrestlers in the world. Like, They had a good run in NXT. Like, yeah uh, i just...
1: i can only see them in like i only see them in like a ring of honor or uh an mlw i i don't know i don't see aew picking them up luke harper yes we well, you know uh Sin Cara is probably just gonna go home to mexico
0: they could totally join the dark order <laughs> they look like those kind of dudes like
1: uh dark order uh, how are you liking the vignettes that they've been showing
0: it's interesting, like, I actually like the way that they're taking the direction of the um, the cult, because it's like, I feel like it's very topical. Like, I feel yeah. like they're directly appearing or appealing to incels, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, incels and other people who just, like, extremely lack confidence and things like that. Basically super insecure men. Um, uh, like, yeah, try and join their weird loser cult. <laughs> Where then, yeah, you just become part of the masses that are great because of this dude and it's like hmm it's interesting so I, I like the idea of it I would like to see them do more with it I would actually like to see them kind of do a little bit more with what they were doing with the Nightmare Collective where like somebody up came up and pledged to them like during a show like an audience member yeah I feel like they should totally have you know obviously it could be plants or not I guess it wouldn't have to be plants because you're not shaving your head maybe just putting on a mask or something. So then it can actually could be volunteers in the audience, but if not then you could do plants, but that would be cool. I would like to see people like joining their ranks at shows and then like their the horde keeps growing. Cuz like, uh,
1: I just wish the vignettes in general they did for more people.
0: Mhm. Yeah,
1: I agree. Because yeah. I think AEW's biggest problem right now is like for example, you had the Butcher and the Blade debut mm-hmm. against Cody. And, you know, Jim Ross on commentary, like, who are these guys? And, like, I, it took me a second to realize who they were. Like, it wasn't like they debuted and I was just like, oh, shit, it's those guys. Like, yeah. so, I think they need to do that way more for character development.
0: Well, it was like that, and honestly, I think the biggest problem with their fucking debut was that, like, their whole thing was like, oh, man, we're gonna go attack Cody Rhodes, but it was like... You guys realize that he just got turned on by MJF and like that, like that's going to way overshadow whatever you do. Yeah. And like he's, he's in a feud with MJF right now. Like go fucking bother somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? If you, if you want to try and help take a break and help elongate the feud between like uh, proud and powerful and the young bucks, they should have fucking attacked the young bucks or something. You know, just being like, we're going to come in and attack the top tag team, like, in their eyes. And then, uh, you know, do that. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other thing, too, is I'm like, okay, so then is Cody just supposed to have, like, a bunch of singles matches against both these guys? But then, like, Allie is the one that seems to have the most beef with him. But, like, he's not going to fight a woman. But then, like, his wife is a heel in a different group. So, like, what the fuck? Why did he, why did they attack Cody? Yeah. I don't know. It it seemed like that was another bad decision on my part. Or on their part. But not something that can't be recovered from. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, if people couldn't recover from things, then The Rock would have never become anything. Like, he had a horrible debut. <laughs> yeah. And
1: ended up being the biggest superstar of all time.
0: Not saying the Blade, the Bunny, and the uh, Butcher are going to be The Rock, but, you know. Just saying, always a recovery. possibility. Uh, but speaking of recovering from things, you know, hopefully NWA is on the road to recovery uh, after getting rid of Cornette and whatnot with the pay-per-view on the mm-hmm. horizon. Do you want to do some predictions for uh, End of the Fire? Sure. All right, I have uh, got the card here. Do you have the card? Yes. Okay, excellent. So then uh, since you're the champion, of course you have the right to pick first.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with the Tag Team Championship match. I think as cool as it was for Rock and Roll Express to win it on the TV, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're the long-term champion. So -hmm. I think the Wild Cards win it back just to... So you have that big pop on the TV of Rock and Roll winning it. Now Mm -hmm. the Wild Cards win it back, get some heat for Bill uh, beating your classic uh, uh, Legendary guys. Mm -hmm. And now you go on from here.
0: Yeah. That, that totally makes sense as far as, like, you know, the, the first win was a fluke, and then now they're going to be able to, like, alright, we're taking them seriously, they can beat them and move on. <clears throat> yeah. Although, in my personal opinion, the wild T- cards fucking suck, so <laughs> I say I say let's just flush them down the toilet and move on, and Rock and Roll Express can hold on to them, like, just through this, like, they can pull some crazy-ass shenanigans... To retain the pay-per-view like uh, through the pay-per-view. The Canadian destroyer. Yeah, like some... How the fuck did they hit that? Dude, Ricky Warren's ridiculous. Like, Jesus Christ. He's, hold on, I have
1: his Wikipedia right here. How old is he?
0: I mean, I don't even know. He he looks ancient. But somehow he hit that. He's 63 years He's 63? old, 63? Oh my god. That's inhuman, dude. Wow. Uh, but yeah no, I I feel like I would much rather see another tag team like even if it were just another team like the Dawson's or something like that like um I don't know, I'd actually really like to see um oh shit what's his name Freddy Eddie Kingston and uh Hama Oh Harry. yeah Like that would be cool but of course they wouldn't challenge the Rock and Roll Express I don't think so Maybe it would be like the Dawson's or something I don't know Mhm They're not great but I feel like they're better than the Wild Cards at least yeah uh, alright so let's see I'm gonna pick after this uh you know what I'm gonna go for the NWA championship match two out of three falls and I'm gonna go for Nick Aldis to retain
1: Hm. that's what I would have gone with too
0: yeah I feel like uh James Storm is just not the guy um but I'm really good challenger what was it but not the guy
1: I said good challenger but not the guy
0: yeah definitely very solid challenger I think he's the right choice um as far as the challenger, but then... Yeah, I think it's just not the time. He's not the guy to take the title. And also, Lance Storm being in this as the referee for the second fall, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, twist. did You said Lance Storm. You mean Tim Storm? Yes, I meant Tim Storm. My bad. Yep, <laughs> too many Storms. James, Lance, yeah. Tim. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Tony Storm just shows up and challenges for the NWA title.
1: I think someone tweeted out, well, my, like I think we're getting to the point where we could almost have a whole wrestling card of Storms.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about the whole Tim Storm situation? Like, how do you think he's going to play into this?
1: I think you're going to have a great storyline of, like, him being... Like reluctant to count the fall, cause yeah, he's the second fall ref, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're gonna have him being like, "Do I want to count the fall of the guy that uh, beat me and Nick Aldis?" But then like he's like, Tim Storm's a good guy, so mm-hmm. would he want James Storm to him? So I think you're gonna have to have a nice little play with the the, the that dynamic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really cause I especially I would really love especially like if Nick and, I would love Nick Aldis to win that fall. So then he can, like, look right in Tim Storm's eyes as he's counting it. Yeah. Like, oh, that would be such a sinister moment. Because then I feel like at some point, like, yeah, like, a Tim Storm kind of heel turn, I feel like kind of should be on the horizon at some point, right?
1: Uh, yeah, probably.
0: So then, like, I was kind of wondering, like, whether that would happen in this match, or if it's going to be maybe, like, this is another you step in that story to get to that point. But, I don't know, I'm very interested to see. Because then also, too, if I remember correctly, the third fall referee was a mystery, right?
1: Yeah, it's only Hebner for the first and Tim Storm for the second.
0: Mm-hmm. What if it's going to be Camille? Ooh. Because I feel like that could be just some straight-up controversy, right? Like, Camille comes in, obviously cheats for Aldis, and then he just, like, steals it. Yeah. That'd be really good. That's kind of what I hope happens, but uh, I don't know. They could have a lot of cool options for that third fall. But, uh, I don't know. Unless you had any other thoughts on that match, uh, what are you thinking for the uh, next prediction here?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Colt Cabana retains his national championship. Over Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks.
0: Okay, going for an old cult. Yep. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Aaron Stevens. I think he's gonna you know, pull the typical heel shit thing and uh, take <laughs> advantage of the you know, pin anybody scenario. Maybe a question mark runs in. Yeah. And uh, pins Ricky Starks or something, maybe to take the title. With his. Oh my god. What do you think of Aaron Stevens' flesh-colored tights? Love it. Like it I it's so gross, but it's like it's so good because it's so gross. Like every time I see it, I'm just like, "Oh my god, I hate it." But like, good job for making me so disgusted. You're doing a good job. See, <laughs> so yeah, oh my god, especially like cuz if he has a title belt, that's going to draw people's eyes even more. To like his waist. <laughs> so he's going like to force people to look at his fucking flesh colored tights. Oh, it's so good. Uh, okay, let's see. What am I going to pick next? Um, okay, I feel pretty confident that um, for the women's tag team match, I'm going to take uh, Molina's team of two because she she can pick between herself, Marty Bell, and Thunder Rosa. Correct. Correct. And I feel like this is definitely going to be the uh, a lead up to you know somebody within that squad challenging uh, Ali or Allison K at some point for the title.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Because I don't know if they, if they just beat them, then like I feel like Ash Allison K just has no challengers at this point, so that would kind of suck. Yeah. And it'd be really bad for three people to lose it too, especially when they're like a newly formed group.
1: <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with question mark beating yeah. Trevor Murdoch.
0: Yeah, I. What do you think is behind Murdoch or Trevor? Or not, Jesus, Trevor Murdoch? Question mark getting so over.
1: Uh, I think it's different, right? When's the last time we've had like a mystery thing?
0: yeah and he and he's really fun too, yeah like he's really bizarre he's good at like the the physical comedy acting yeah they don't they don't make it too much of a joke mm hmm yeah and I like the the pairing too with uh uh with Aaron Stevens and how it's like mm-hmm. a, a really kind of fun like inverse of remember back when he was uh, doing the Sandow and Misdow thing, yeah and how like now someone's copying him right copying him and that every time miz would do something people would boo but then miz Dow would do it behind him and people would cheer yeah and so in the same way now like you know aaron stevens says something booze but then question mark puts up his hand or something and then people cheer and then he's like oh okay they're cheering for me yeah <laughs> like it's really genius like i it's really bizarre and i definitely would not have thought of it myself but it's it's really good i like it
1: i also just want to throw in i'm loving trevor murdoch so far in the nwa I think it's a really good fit for him because I loved him, uh, him and Cade back in WWE. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just liking seeing him uh, wrestle again.
0: Yeah, it, it's cool to see him out there, and he's definitely, like you said, he's a very good fit in NWA here, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's see. Last match here. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna take Eli Drake over Ken Anderson. Perfect, because
1: I was I was gonna go with Ken Anderson.
0: Oh, okay. No way, Eli Drake is the bigger priority in NWA. I say Ken Anderson is just the guy they're Mr. Them.
1: Anderson.
0: <laughs> Although, I, I am excited to see what else they're going to do with uh, Mr. Anderson there because I, I do like him. I like Ken Anderson.
1: Yeah, I was uh, that was a big surprise for me watching the show when they debuted him, and I was like, oh, right, <laughs> he's still out there. <laughs>
0: I'm wondering. Do you think, in a way, this is going to be almost like an unofficial, like number one contenders match for like either the national title or the NWA title?
1: Yeah, definitely one of the two. Because I could definitely see um, Eli Drake um, maybe going for the national title first. Hmm. Not sure.
0: Yeah, because I could just like say if your prediction's right, like say Colt retains, because Colt Cabana and yeah. Ken Anderson are tag team partners, right?
1: Yeah, so Ken's not going to go after Colt,
0: right? So but, Eli beats and Colt's Ken. Baby face, then it's like yeah. I beat your tag team partner, now I want to challenge you. Yeah. That would make sense. And yeah, yep. you're probably actually right as far as like Colt keeping the title cuz it would probably devalue the national title a little bit for it to switch hands again so soon.
1: Yeah, like he just got that back from James Storm, right? Like mm-hmm. a couple
0: weeks ago. Yeah, it was yeah, it was only a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So to lose this quickly might be like, hmm, should probably keep on cold at least a little bit longer. But yeah, all right. Well, those are our predictions then for Into the Fire, where uh, I would burn week. you alive, motherfucker, and take my title back. I mean that's how it usually goes, right? I win
1: it and then I just lose it right away. <laughs> you I've are defended it like once. Um. Yeah, and then we'll hit you guys up with predictions for
0: TLC next week. Yeah, TLC next week, and then uh, at some point soon, we'll definitely have to do uh, predictions for Wrestle Kingdom, because I imagine, like we, because we took off a show this uh, last week for Thanksgiving, and we'll probably take off a week at some point here for Christmas and stuff. Uh, So we might have to do stuff like that a little bit early.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we have next week, and then the week after that starts um, Christmas, the week after that is New Year's, so...
0: Yeah, so we could probably fit in yeah, a we'll, show maybe we'll do uh, all those predictions then next week yeah make it a big just super a whole show. big prediction yeah, show just get them all in one big shit just plop them all out yep <laughs> alright see you next week yes yeah, see you all then until then peace